0: I want to apologize to all the SNAXIS listeners out there. This episode did not get out in time to help people with their preaching. It was recorded a little later in the week, and due to some technical difficulties, it took me a little time to get it sorted out, and I was at the Mockingbird Conference in New York City at the end of the week. and so It was sort of one of those coming off Holy Week, running around, going to a conference, weeks but this episode was still great and i thought that it would be a blessing to folks so if you just have 20 some minutes to listen to something edifying i hope this will fit the bill so to speak so enjoy this episode and uh rec you know as far as the foreseeable future things will be going out early in the week according to schedule thanks again for listening my friends and a properly worldly lens on the week's lectionary passages, all in 25 minutes or less. My guest is Josh Redder. Originally from Ohio, Josh lived on the island of Maui in Hawaii for 10 glorious years. Inexplicably, he moved back to Ohio. He describes himself as ministry adjacent. He's also a regular contributor for Mockingbird's website. I give you Josh Redder. Josh, welcome back to the podcast. Although you have been a uh Synaxis guest, before you have yes. never been in the bunker live,
1: live and in person. Glad to be here.
0: Podcast coming out a little wait late this week. You are a true gentleman and scholar for helping me out. I took early in the week off from Holy Week, and it's uh, fortuitous that you are here so you can help me get this out better. Late than never. It as is they
1: say. though. I I I didn't really prepare, so I'm going to be like uh, Robin to your Howard
0: i love it who says i prepared much anyway so there you go we might have that in common my friend so what we have here is uh and as we have our first text which is from the book of acts Mm -hmm. chapter 5 verses 27 through 32 where we have the temple police bring the apostles and they put them before the religious council And the high priest questions them. We gave you strict orders not to teach, yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you're determined to bring this man's blood on us. And you know, Peter says we have to obey obey God rather than human authority, and it goes right into what God did in Christ, and how the God of our ancestors raised him up, the one who hung on the tree and exalted him his right hand. And that he, that, that he might bring repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins and their witnesses to these things. And so is the spirit. So it's pretty, I mean, you have this sort of post Easter, you know, the commission to the apostles is to go into the world and Mm -hmm. preach the message of what happened, you know, of what God did in Christ, preach forgiveness of sins, make disciples of the nations Mm -hmm. and, this here in the beginning of Acts, this is beginning to occur.
1: Well, it, it also sets up for the uh, the persecution, which I've always thought was, um, it's why we're both sitting here today, is because of that first scattering throughout the world. So their disobedience uh, benefited us.
0: Yeah, it, 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 well, it's interesting, too, that here we have the, the gospel is met with resistance, and you know, this is Jesus told them that this would happen. Right. And it's, it's interesting because it's, I guess, a sign of the effectiveness in some sense that, that it's not easy to ignore. Right. They can't, the, the religious authorities can't ignore what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're fearful that, that this is going to cause some sort of violent, maybe violent uprising or disruptive uprising, but they, rather than, either be antagonistic or overly defensive. They just say, Hey, look, God brought Christ and did this and vindicate him so that you could be forgiven. We could all be forgiven. And that, that the blessings that were made to our ancestors that, you know, that, that Israel will be blessed, that that could happen.
1: Absolutely. And it's says, and we are witnesses to these things. We can't deny what we saw. I, it's interesting. I, I've been following um, a thread uh, that Kenneth Tanner uh, Uh, was uh, interacting with on Twitter about having some resurgence in the, the denial of the the resurrection and uh, uh, questioning whether that actually happened. And, and it's reinforced again here, we are witnesses to these things. Um, They, they weren't willing to go against their, their conscience. And so is the Holy spirit (laughs) And uh, not, not only us, but the Holy Spirit was a witness to these things. Um, they were willing to die rather than... Uh, I mean, they could have easily... Everybody would have supported them if they would have lied. Um, so, yeah, this is the start of uh, uh, certainly setting up for uh, uh, future persecution. It, it is interesting. I mean, I, it, it's interesting that the council, they knew that they were in a vulnerable position where it said, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. Uh, Why they didn't, uh, the apostles didn't. Um, certainly throughout history, Christianity has tried uh, to blame the, the Jewish people for, um, they, they they instinctively knew that they could get blamed for it right from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is not a legitimization for anti-Semitism no. at all. Yeah, and it's interesting that Peter doesn't guilt them and uh, or point a a finger at the religious authorities. I mean, there's not an anti-Semitic move. The other interesting thing I think is that we see here the there's not the sense that they are bringing the kingdom. They're witnesses to it, right? And they're witnesses to what God did in Christ and what God is still doing. But it's not this. I mean, very often. the the, there's this kingdom building language it's on the right and the left in american christianity and there's none of that here the kingdom is something to be witnessed to received something can only be passively kind of caught it it, it caught up in we can't sort of bring it about through conservative or religious or revolutionary or reactionary activism
1: but it the rhetoric of that people it's effective. I mean, whole ministries are, are built on that misinterpretation. Um, and, and to the point where it would be very, um, it's very hard to undo that. I, I do think that that's something that Christianity is going to have to come to terms with because that language is not helpful.
0: And the other interesting thing is this week in light of Notre Dame and the burning, there's been all this dialogue about Christianity is, is Christianity persecuted in the Western. Gallup has a poll lot of Western Christians think they're being persecuted. And then everything, you know, the recent events, the violence. It, it, I mean, this is, it, it, what's interesting here is the is the, the apostles are being persecuted. They don't, they still talk about what God did in Christ. They don't draw attention to themselves. No. They're witnesses to what God mm-hmm. has done and how it affects the world and even those who persecute the church, the, the, there's this there's the, there's this, it's a, there's this it's objective reality that's changed the world for even those who are religious authorities opposing mm-hmm. the, the witness of these early followers
1: of Jesus. You, you know, I I keep thinking of um, the fact that they didn't, I mean, even though they were persecuted and they were worried that there would be an uprising, there wasn't an uprising uh, they didn't take up arms against uh, the government or or the the uh, Jewish leaders um and what I'm what I've noticed ever since charlottesville um and and the recent spate of church burnings which are horrific um i i go back to the fact that these are christian martyrs who didn't <laughs> Uh, and in some cases when directly attacked, didn't take up arms against their attacker. And I can't help but think, uh, there's a lot of disagreement in the Christian community about it, but I can't help but think that um, if if a number of church people <laughs> had pulled out their weapons uh, and fired back, it wouldn't be the same testimony. No, yeah. And, and that's a very delicate area to to approach, but... The, the testimony is uh, the peace tradition certainly has has captured that but um i I've often thought about that i, I just um that's it it would have changed the narrative uh, otherwise you would have i mean that in essence is part of the ushering in of the kingdom uh, which is often passive obedience
0: yeah yeah more received than mm-hmm. achieved. On to the epistle, which is from the book of Revelation, where here we have Revelation 1, 4 through 8, where John is writing to the seven churches that are in Asia, offers them grace and peace from the one who is and was and and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, and there's some other things about Again, how they were made to be a kingdom by the by the freedom from sins made by His blood, and then Jesus, the Lord, says He's Alpha, the Alpha and the Mega, the Omega, the one who who was, isn't, and who was, and who is to come. So you have that very interesting kind of the identity of God, past, present, future, mm-hmm. and and the connection of greetings from God and from the Lamb and the the seven spirits, seven churches. So you have this, this greeting to these churches who are, none of which uh, are in existence today. You can't worship you know. these churches, which is very interesting, you know. right? Oh, People uh, say we want to be a New Testament church. That right. might mean you would be extinct.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's uh, the RSV, um, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, uh, a priest to his uh, God and Father. Um and And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever a uh, time uh, linking it back to what we were just talking about made us a kingdom we didn't we didn't make a kingdom for him uh, He made us it's a kingdom. not dependent on us. it's already been accomplished uh, that would change the theology of many churches if they read it in context, maybe,
0: yeah, and yeah, it's interesting who Jesus is in the context of each of Easter. He's the one who's the firstborn from the dead. So he's the eldest brother. He's the one who's gone before where we are, where we've been and, you know, has made the way for us. So Mm -hmm. the, the idea is in the midst of the struggles and, you know, challenges in this life that the church may face or Christians may face that he's the one that's gone before and offers the hopeful way.
1: Well, and it also includes the present and throws it into the future to him who loves us and has freed us. So has and into the future, it's already accomplished and done. Um, I, I, I've i struggled with the fact that when churches uh, fail to proclaim the gospel uh, and miss out on what's already been done, that such amazing news, uh, which is proclaimed right here again, uh, that I'm not sure what the the decline of the church, um, I think, is a, a failure to proclaim the gospel. Because what else do we have of value to say? Um, other institutions, groups, philosophies certainly can... Handle other aspects better than the church has. We have something unique, uh, and if we fail to proclaim it, I'm not. I'm not sure what we're doing.
0: Well, yeah, and that is the one. I mean, thing that's not ideological, right? The, right. The, the proclamation of the risen Christ, and and that word of grace is very interesting because the first word is grace to you mm. from the one who was, and is, and is to come. And you have this. It was. Jonathan Edwards say, grace is but glory begun, and glory is but grace perfected. Mm. So that word of God's grace and and condescension to us and mercy is the sort of beginning and last word to the church in its good days and its bad days.
1: I, I wonder, too, I mean, the decline is throughout the church, but one of the advantages of a liturgical church is the same thing has been proclaimed for the last 2,000 years um and continues to be proclaimed um, I, I I do understand the the resistance uh, to change uh, some of the language and in, uh, uh, in some areas it's it's not helpful but as long as that's preserved um, I think as we're going through a new season where people uh, are struggling with the the reality of the resurrection um, uh, it is important that that we, maintain that but it's not also not the first time that that's been wrestled with but uh going back to uh revelation uh, um i think we view it as uh largely in evangelical churches as it is about the end and um i think there's a rich mine of of uh, theology and gospel proclamation contained in it that we ignore because we're afraid of the strange imagery or
0: yeah and, and they also it's this not just the story of the church at the end because otherwise what it would have meant right. to the church in the first century. It's the story of the church perennially, right? That exactly. where there's where there's this glorious resurrection which gives way not to a kind of it, you know, Pollyannish utopia, it gives way to still continued struggling, but struggling that means something different because Christ has gone before and he's the firstborn from the dead, but he won't be the last. Right. And that that we have that enduring hope.
1: Just what makes that little old ant think he'll move that rubber tree plant? Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he's got I hopes, he's got. I hopes, he's got.
0: On to the gospel reading, we have John. This is one of my favorite texts, John twenty nineteen through thirty one, where you have these double resurrection appearances, where Jesus comes to the disciples and they rejoice when they see the Lord, and He says, "Peace be with you." But Thomas wasn't there, and he, they, he said, "I believe it." and or they said that it happened he said i don't believe it i won't until the uh, he won't believe it until he sees the marks of the nails in his hands and puts his finger in the mark of the nails and puts his hand in his side and then a week later he does he's with the disciples and jesus appears and thomas believes and it's it's the most explicit profession my lord and my god and then there's this, have you believed because you've seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe.
1: I always thought Thomas got a hard time because it was just, uh, a few chapters earlier. Um, uh, I don't know if it was in John, but where he, um, you know, was ready to go and die with Christ. Um, so he, he wasn't someone who was kind of wishy-washy or uncommitted, uh, but i i do think it <laughs> demonstrates i think there is a thread where people think that the people during his time uh were uh maybe uh not as intelligent and and uh didn't understand you know they they were more likely to believe right, in resurrection right. and i think probably far less likely well
0: to yeah believe. i mean people are yeah yeah they they had their that own skepticism right up. exactly yeah. that's why that's why it was unique and <laughs> <Right. laughs> remarkable. Like right. it, would, it was like, oh my gosh, we saw
1: that just last week. And and the fact that uh, that he expresses some doubts, there is enormous denial in the church today that everybody has doubts about. It's an incredible story. Yeah, why don't we call
0: him Believing Thomas because yeah. he goes from... And the other thing is, too, I think what's so me- remarkable about that story of Thomas is that he is gone from the fellowship when the appearance comes and he still stays with them. I mean, I can't imagine how alienated you'd feel because you missed the moment and now you're the outsider. You know, how often does it when you miss out on an experience or something happens and you just never go back to a community or something and, and you're robbed of the real grace and and blessings you can find there. And he actually has the courage to stay in it, even though his experience makes him an outsider. And, And I feel like what, you know, Jesus does with Thomas is is what most of the church doesn't do with doubt like we have you, most in, in certain quarter corners of the church you demonize doubt mm-hmm. right and if you doubt you're you're right. you're vilified or demonized and you know how dare you and other places i think of the serene jones interview in the new york times with nicholas Christoph, where there's sort of other other corners of the church valorize doubt and if you're not right. cynical detached if you're not constantly a cynic you're, you're immature somehow or something like that and Jesus engages his doubt and 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 from it brings belief and, and new life. He doesn't demonize it or valorize it, no. you know, and make some, make an idol out of it or something. He he just engages that, and that's the raw material for where new and deeper faith is is born.
1: Absolutely, I, too. I I think that's maybe the uh, that uh, uh, puts a finger on why I I don't like the. the and it's how we think of misdoubting Thomas. Well, it ended there. And <laughs> that's not what Jesus called him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not, that's not the, and often, yeah, like how often, you know, woe that any of our own intellectual or existential struggles, first off, like again, usually our struggles contribute to the whole of who we are, right? So we don't abstract them or that sort of thing. Right. From from the the whole self they make right, and and that's such a weird thing that we do to Thomas, who's such an whose journey seems normal for a lot of people. Uh,
1: you know, there there is a theme in some evangelical churches where um, it's difficult to explain. I, I've observed it, where people take pride in the fact that they're. They've maintained a very um, kind of even faith that's not marked by much struggle. It's also not marked by much growth, but that's considered uh, steady as she goes. Well, that but that's considered superior to someone wrestling through an issue, or um, that 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 wrestling is considered a weakness when um, all we have to do is look back through. Two thousand years of church history and people that we read and quote, their lives were marked by that, and we have benefited from it as, as that through that struggle and and through the things they were shown. Um, I I think it's maybe it's just because of people like Mark Knoll's been on my mind lately. I I do kind of confront the the uh, the anti intellectual side of evangelicalism quite a bit, and it's frustrating because it it's it's robbing them of uh nearly a rich history but uh i think in many ways it would strengthen their faith um and we're seeing a resurgence of that in in many areas science and and uh, uh kind of an anti science view that's that's uh kind of coming back but I was telling someone the other day on a slight tangent. I, I remember as a kid, I watched Carl Sagan's Cosmos, and and we were you know very uh, conservative, uh, Bible believing Christians, and and we watched that as a family. And I remember at the end of it, just thinking, "Oh, well, God's incredible!" <laughs> like it didn't diminish my yeah, faith. Yeah. It just increase the complexity of of uh, the beauty of god's creation it, it it didn't stand in opposition to it um and and so I, I i think when someone like thomas um when jesus said that to him that didn't diminish him um uh, that uh, that opened up a whole uh new level of faith in thomas
0: yeah and blessed is he who's seen and believed i mean it's not like he's cursed because you had to see like, there's an even greater blessing you know there's this also blessing there for, for all those who b- believe and haven't seen and, and they're no less or more real neither is, is real as is more real or less real and so we well, blessed are those who who hear this message this sunday Absolutely. and and i hope that people who have Felt alienated or estranged from church we will f- go back to the fellowship like Thomas and and find the risen Jesus there. Amen. Thanks, Josh, for doing this with me. Thank you. And those of you who are in New York City, Josh and I will see you there at the Mockingbird Conference. Woo hoo! Thanks for listening to the Synaxis podcast. If you like what you heard, please go to iTunes, give it a rating, write a review, and subscribe. Or Pass it along to a friend via email or say something about it on social media. All of those things help so much as we're just getting off the ground. Thanks to Josh for being on the podcast and thanks again to you for listening. Until next time, friends, fare thee well.